Good afternoon on this lovely fall day. It's another exciting, titillating, educational, edutainment episode of How Betty Davis Saved My Life all day, y'all. Well, at least for 30 minutes. <laughs> Life lessons from classic Hollywood. I'm Moya. And I'm Georgia. And we are so excited to be here with you. We cannot wait to get into today's movie. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our Facebook page and our um, of the same name, How Betty Davis Saved My Life, and to our YouTube channel of the same name, How Betty Davis Saved My Life. Got some videos up there for you, and we just want to get your feedback. Let us know how we're doing. Shout out to all our Facebook groups. William Power, Myrna Lore, Fred McMurray, um, Alfred Hitchcock. Oh, gosh, I'm leaving some Silver Screen Oasis, Cinema Classics, Betty Davis Fan Club, uh, Our Way of Loving, Joan Crawford. I finally said it correctly. And um, shout out to some other pages, uh, especially some YouTube pages, Karen Alrood. Check her out. She just did her spelling name, K-A-R-I-N-A-L-R-O-U-D-E. Uh, she has a wonderful page. Um and she just did something about Lucille Ball, and I can't wait to check it out. But, um, yeah, uh, of course, Turner Classic Movies and M Movies. So there's, and there's so many to name. But just want to give you a shout-out. Thanks for all your support, all your love. And uh, and just real quick, did you uh, – we want to show some uh, appreciation. R.I.P. Angela Lansbury. Yes. I, I love her. I love my favorite role of hers is in the Manchurian Candidate, and I hope we get a chance to do that one. Georgia, have you seen that one? No, I haven't. I'd love to see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I truly hope we get a chance to um to see that to do that one um coming up in the near future. Well, probably next year sometime. Well, without further ado, Georgia, what is our movie for today? The Women from 1939, woo! which was another fabulous film from Hollywood's greatest year. Woo, woo! The Women, the strong white women. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. The Women, 1939. And George and I, we didn't even talk about it before. We just want to get right into it. I don't even know where to begin, Georgia, so I'll let you begin. You, you know, you're a little bit more organized than I am. Okay. Well, I guess I'll start off at the very top. Um, this was directed extremely well by George Cukor. He was known as the women's director, and he had just been fired from working on Gone with the Wind a month previously, so they snapped him right up, and he was amazing at coaxing the greatest performances out of a cast of over 135 women, even the animals in the film were all female. This mm. was an amazing feat. Okay, it is starring, I mean, look at the all-star cast. We've got Norma Shearer, Joan Crawford, Rosalind Russell, Mary Bowen, Paulette Goddard, Joan Fontaine. We got Marjorie Mayne, Butterfly McQueen, Hedda Hopper, and it goes on and on. This is from the uh, very successful play by Claire Booth. The screenplay by Nita Luce and Jane Murphan. And, okay, I will dig right into the plot. Okay, so <clears throat> we have our leading character, played by Norma Shearer. 
she finds out her husband is getting something on the side. Yeah, he's having an affair with that gold digging sales girl played by John Crawford. <laughs> well, <laughs> you can see here where she gets a little help from her girlfriends. Well, some of them are frenemies and some of them are <laughs> friends. But anyway, uh, this is how Mary, played by uh, Norma Shearer, how she handles this huge, huge, like cataclysmic event in her life. And I don't want to go too far into it, but man, it has got comedy and drama. Oh my God. Cat fights. I mean, th this is the most amazing rapid fire delivery. You will, especially during the very first part of the movie, you have to have your ears tuned on high alert and not miss a second of the, because you will hear some of the most amazing insults and digs you will ever, ever hear one after the other. It, it's just brilliant. It's witty. It's tons of fun, ladies. It it sure is. And I've seen this movie several times. Um, and like a lot of times seeing it at different stages in my life, I think I might've been early on married the last time I saw it. And each time it's it's a movie that each time you see it you you know you catch something different. Um, it's never boring. You could I could I could look at it at least once a year. And there's a another cast member that Georgia neglected to point out that really almost overshadows the act the the stars themselves the the you know the major stars the freaking wardrobe by Adrian. The legendary um, uh, costume designer, the clothes, Georgia. Let's talk about the clothes. What did you what What do you think about those clothes? Oh my gosh! I have to tell you, there Adrian really outdid himself because there were over two hundred that he designed. Um, and what I thought was this really reflected. Um, the it, it exemplified the late 1930s this was an it, this was an era of bold and sleek new design because the world was coming out of the depression and they wanted a new look on everything and so although the clothes might seem like a little bit risque or avant-garde for that decade it was a time when all things futuristic was popular from fashion to architecture to transportation and more but unfortunately Unfortunately, the brave new world didn't last long, and it disappeared with the start of World War II. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's why you see some really, like, some of those designs, like, the one that really startled me the most was there's this, like, hand, like, a mannequin hand that comes over, like, the front of this woman's thing, like, just above her, yes. like, where her bust line is. And I was like, ooh, when I looked yes. at it. But it was this, these fashions were so amazing and over the top and it was all done in technicolor as in contrast to the black and white part of the movie and so a lot of people thought oh why did you put that in there it just seems like so out of place actually i really enjoyed that fashion show because right. also this was part of their world i mean these women were the type you know their whole world was they would go to beauty salons and luncheons and fashion shows you know these are like you know high society new york you know wealthy women and so i thought that it fit in very seamlessly to me it fit in and so i liked it yeah and it, and that was very 
groundbreaking and different. Well, two movies did that. Um, and I think, I don't know who was first. Maybe, you know, because, you know, The Wizard of Oz did that when Dorothy landed in Oz. It, it, it would move from black and white when she was in Kansas to the Technicolor uh, when she um, got to Oz. Um, so I don't know who injected it first like that, but like you said, it was a fashion show. It it was a, a, a movie or a show within a show. I don't know how you want to put it, but, um, but then it went back to black and white. So that was totally different. Whoever came up with that and the highlight age, because Adrian's clothes were uh, highlighted. You know, he designed the whole film, uh, all the wardrobe. And then he had th these extra clothes. And uh, Paulette Goddard, when they first meet her, um, her Miriam, her character, she's wearing a hooded dress. And I can't tell if it's fur lined or whatever, but it's whatever the line, the rim of the hood is white. And I was so jealous of that, Georgia, because... When I was back home yeah. in Louisiana, I had a dress like that. And girl, I found that dress in the freaking, it wasn't family. Was it still called Family Dollar back then? It, family Dollar changed the name. But guys, if y'all remember what Family Dollar's old name was. But anyway, I found back then, and, and I, sometimes it's hit or miss in some of these Family Dollar, Dollar General stores. Back then, though, Georgia, you could find some killer clothes in freaking, I mean, like almost designer. So I had a hooded dress. It had pockets, um, it had a pocket where you could stick your hand in in front, drawstring waist. The color was nude. And I mean, I'm telling you, I look like I was from the future. And so, and, I've, and I love that look. And that's, that's so funny when you say futuristic and avant-garde for the for this part of, yeah. of the time in 30s and girl i and this was before hoodies got really popular and i would flip and it was sleeveless almost like a tank top top but it was an all one dress i could wear that now and that dress is 20 would have been 20 something years old so uh, so i was like and i don't i don't know if i had seen the women yet or, or i just had i i have a great eye for fashion if i do say so myself but this movie with the fashion oh my gosh and and I don't even know if he was so this movie wasn't it wasn't even nominated for any Oscars as far yeah it, from the trivia I saw no Oscars but that was a heavy year 1939 it was up against some stiff competition wasn't it Georgia uh, exactly oh yeah, yeah. oh mm -hmm. for sure you had Gone with the Wind Wizard of Oz and just so so many other ones Weathering Heights yes and yes all yes. kinds of stuff and yeah, Goodbye Mr Chips yes. and and all that kind of stuff out that year so right. yeah the competition was pretty stiff the one the outfit that i drooled over was the one that joan crawford was wearing when at the very last scene at the nightclub mm -hmm. oh my that LeMay, gosh. yeah was yes. it LeMay or something? I, yeah that was fabulous beyond fabulous to me i was drooling over that one yeah they kept her in a lot of LeMay, and at the confrontation scene when she had the LeMay with the turban look it sound we are seeing all these different types of clothes because there was bustles People had on bustles in uh, this movie. Um, Norma Shearer, when she confronted Joe, and I'm going to play that clip in a minute, when she confronted uh, Joan Crawford over uh, being a, a rhymes with, with Dor, with her husband. Um, and, and guys, okay, so where she confronted, let's talk about this. And for those of you who have not seen it, we're going to try not to s spoil it for you, but Georgia, look at, 
the time frame. Look how women use the luxury, the customer service. Women used to, could, and this was at the height of the depression, by the way, but it was escapism. Women could go to these beauty slash beauty salon slash um fashion boxes and get one-on-one -on -one treatment. Like it, I'm pretty sure that still exists, still for the elite. But I mean, just get catered to, get your nails done, your face, have Hulk Couture. Oh my girl, every time I see it, I was like, I I don't want to go back to the those times for various reasons, for obvious reasons. But I I would take that. If I could just cherry pick from that time what I would want now for my old oh girl, it wasn't oh I, I was just being luxuriated with them. Oh yeah. I, I kind of thought, oh what a life that was. Gosh. Right. But you know, one of the things Samoya was in the back back of all their minds during this movie, I think all of them had this one thing that was every woman's greatest nightmare that their man was going to meet a much younger woman and it would place them out of their home mm -hmm. and you know, they would, they would lose everything. And so the, all of them had this one goal in mind. They all wanted to end up with a successful man. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so in order for them to be able to continue to do to enjoy all of these wonderful luxuries in life. Heck yeah. <laughs> I mean, right it, was on. Just, it was, yeah, I know, but I almost had to have a chart at one point to keep track of all the things going on here. But I, yeah, I didn't need it at the end, but man, <laughs> wow. Well, well, look, <laughs> but, huh? Go ahead. But, but, you know, Moya, like, don't forget to remind me at the end because I thought this movie did have a lot of life lessons in it. Oh, yeah, we're, we're going to get into those. And let's start off with the confrontation between Mary, that's Shearer's uh, a character, and Crystal Allen, Crawford's character. And these two ladies hated each other in real life because Crawford yes. used to be Shearer when, when it was still a silent era. And Shearer was the queen of her studio, MGM. She was the queen. Crawford used to be her stand-in. And Shearer... They could not stand each other. And Crawford used to say, yeah, B, I'm going to knock you off that pedestal real quick. You know, and Shira, you know, she married Thalberg. And so she became an actual queen queen of queens, you know, Irvin Thalberg, the producer over there. But Crawford was gunning for her. She caught up with her. And then she passed her, you know, if, if, you, if you really want to be honest um, with it. But Shira still still a great actress. I think she was one of the um, really... Uh, forgotten oh, actresses yeah. but she was really really to me started that that deep acting uh putting all your emotions in it and nuanced and stuff especially who could transition she ain't crawford transitioning from the silent era but anyway so keep that backstory these women the two actresses actually really hate each other in real life and then here's the confrontation we're gonna pay, play some audio for it so listen to man listen so listen for the life lessons in this guys Stephen Haynes. Sorry, but I don't think I know you. I believe it's my husband you know. Oh. So Stephen's told you. No, he's never mentioned you. Miss Allen, here's the blue necklace. Yeah, you are. Stay out of here. But I've known about you for some time. 
That'll be news to Stephen. Personally, I'm glad, you know. I've kept still because I knew it wouldn't take Stephen long to get fed up. Don't lay any bets on that, Mrs. Haynes. I'm not you. You've been seeing my daughter. That's what I've come in here to tell you. I won't have you coming near my daughter. Well, you don't have to get hysterical about her. What do I care about your daughter? I'm sick of hearing about her. <laughs> you won't have to hear about her anymore. Because you and my husband aren't going on seeing each other. That's rather up to Stephen, don't you think? Completely. So you better start making other plans, Miss Ellen. Listen. I'm taking my marching orders from Stephen. He seems to be satisfied with this arrangement. So don't force any issues unless you want to cause plenty of trouble. You've made it impossible for me to do anything else. You're very confident, aren't you? Yes. Because I know Stephen couldn't love a girl like you. Well, if he couldn't, he's an awfully good actor. Look, what have you got to kick about? You've got everything that matters. You've got the name, the position, the money. My husband's love happens to mean more to me than those things. Oh, can the sob stuff, Mrs. Haynes. You noble wives and mothers bore the brains out of me. I'll bet you bore your husband, too. You are a hard one, aren't you? <laughs> Oh, I can be soft on the right occasion. Look, what, what did you expect me to do? Burst into tears and beg you to forgive me? Isn't that what you really came in here for, Mrs. Haynes? Not after seeing you. You're even more typical than I dared hope. Well, honey, that goes double. Now, look, get this. I'd break up your snug little roost if I could, but I don't stand a chance. Oh, don't think it's because your husband isn't crazy about me. Because he's the kind that lets that old-fashioned sentiment put the Indian sign on him, and that's all. I'm glad you understand the strength of sentiment, Miss Allen. Because its beauty is something you'll never know. This happens to be my room, Mrs. Haynes. It's yours, yes, for the time being, like everything else you've got. May I suggest if you're dressing to please Stephen? Not that one. He doesn't like such obvious effects. Thanks for the tip. But when anything I wear doesn't please Stephen, I take it off. Bam! <laughs> so that's what she calls meeting Mrs. Haynes socially. Gee, I feel sorry for Mrs. Haynes. She's so nice. She should have kept her mouth shut. Now she's in the soup. Oh, Ellen's smart. She's fixed to so anything Mr. Haynes says is going to sound wrong. She'll get him sure. Look at that chassis. She's got him now. Well, you can't trust any man. That's all they want. What else have we got to give? <laughs> oh, man. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, let me just tell you, at that moment, as a woman, you got to decide either if you're a Crystal or a Mary, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, you're either Absolutely. one or the other. And there's other, there's other members. Uh, Rosalind Russell, if she was nominated for Best Supporting, she should have won. And that was a tough category for Oscars yeah. that year because you had had a McDaniel, who we know won, historically won. Olivia de Havin, Havlin, and and uh, so that was just a tough, tough category. Um, anyway, but she this really this movie really brought her out too because she had been around. She was a sophisticated, always had a sophisticated or like a light damsel. But this movie brought her out because I don't think she had really played any really hard comedy prior to this. But she stole every scene, and I mean. So, Georgia, let me just say this. 
I'm not Team Crystal at all. Because like I said, she she was a, you know, rhymes with butt. But, <laughs> but, I haven't said that. I, and I'm married. You know, those of you who don't know, you know the podcast, I'm married. But I love this, this Crystal character because it was so freaking honest. And she... Did you catch how she gave Mary or Norma Shearer's character? She gave her the power to disarm her. But, you know, we don't want to give too much away. Needless to say, Mary didn't, she didn't see it. She didn't catch it. Now, did you see how she gave Mary the, the power to disarm her, Crystal? No, I guess I, I didn't catch that. Well, to me, when... Crystal said, and I love how she said, I don't, I don't worry about your child. I'm, I'm sick of sick of the sight of her. <laughs> I'm like, yes, yes. This is so honest. This is so brutally honest. Is is and I feel sorry for any woman who's went through this and have to see, because we all know these crystals exist. Um, but yeah, when she said, you know, he loves you. Why are you you got the house, the car, the name? You know, I'm nobody. Crystal knows she was just there. She's a gold digger. So she was telling Mary, why are you getting all upset over this? Because I'm just here for fun. And basically, if you now if you throw him away home, girl, I'ma pick him up. So, and I'm paraphrasing, but did, did you you do you recall that part? And we could, yeah, you know, guys, oh, yes. go back and look at it. Yeah. To me. She did a He-Man with I have the power. Like she was giving like you have the power. I'm just here for a good time and a few a few bucks. Cause it wasn't as serious with her. Um, and I kept it playing. What about the ladies? And I love that too. It was so brutally, brutally honest. And guys, if you want to see this movie, it's on Amazon and on Apple TV. Um, you do have to pay for it. It's like three bucks or whatever. It's it's not on YouTube. You can look at clips on YouTube if you want. But um, the so what you heard was the all the personnel at the salon, they were listening by the door because Rosalind Russell, master manipulator, had ratcheted all this up because remember, uh, Mary was not a, she was say I, hey I, I'm I'm not even gonna go there I don't believe it is you know I'm not gonna even let my mind go there I'm gonna keep keep myself in La La Land but my gosh with friends like Mrs. Howard Fowler, Sylvia, Rosalind Russell, with friends like that, who needs enemies? Exactly. Ooh. So she lathered Norma Shearer, bucked her up, as we say. She went over to confront Crystal, and you heard that. And then fast, so then you heard the personnel hedging their bets on who's going to win the man. And they were telling you. They said, hey, I wouldn't say anything. And that's and so that's a debate, Georgia, online about the high-value man coming from the manosphere, R.I.P., Kevin Samuels. Uh, he didn't invent the term, but he put out in the forefront, Kevin Samuels, if y'all don't know uh, his content. He was a, a relationship expert and really talked about relationships. And he talked about how the high-value man... And now I don't agree with it, but I do understand. Look what he said, George. He said, like high value, like Stephen Haynes, he would be a high value man, rich, influencer, um, uh, well-received and accepted in the community and on a social registry and blah, blah, blah. Men like those type of men are high value men. And he said, they don't cheat. 
their exercise options. Girl, why did he say that? The women, and but they did not let him qualify what he was saying. These men, and he wasn't saying it was right. He was just letting you know what, how, because they have so much pee being thrown at them. So many women being thrown at them and they're in such high demand that it really takes a strong man to say, no, I'm, I'm a chilling or, you know, I'm not trying to do that. And I, and yeah, if you married, you, you know, you made a vow before God saying, this is it. I'm just going to be with this person. But like he was saying, when you get to a certain level, like Stephen Haynes and all that, it's almost like, like back in the day with the Kings and all this kind of, it's almost like expected in, in our society for men to have other women. Georgia, what do you think about that? I think that this movie assumed that, you know, all men pretty much cheated, which I really didn't like and to accept it. That that's what the, you know, the mm -hmm. mother was saying. And I I really had a hard time with that. Mm -hmm. Um I I think that um Mary in her character was saying, you know, I've got my pride. And there were some lessons in there about like, do you really love this man? You want to stay with him? Are you doing it because you feel like he's just humiliated and insulted you? And is that your motivation well, look, for, you know, wanting to have a relationship? Hold on to that. I'm glad you said that. Let's listen to what her mom said. And, and, and so people could have a context of what you're saying. I knew this sort of thing happened to other people, but I, I never dreamed it could happen to us. We've been so happy together. So really happy. Yourself long ago. 
so much. And he loves you, baby. So take my advice. Keep still. Keep still when you're barely aching to talk. It's about the only sacrifice what women like us ever have to make to keep our men. And what if I don't want him under those terms? But Mary, oh, Mother, it's, it's all right for you to talk of another generation when women were chattels and did as men told them to, but, but this is today. Stephen and I are equals. Why, we, we took each other of our own free will for life because we loved each other. We've always given each other our best. And I won't qualify that relationship now. It's wrong, shockingly wrong. And women that, that stand for such things are just beneath contempt. That's all. I'll never be one of them. Never. But Mary. It's all over, Mother. It's finished. I'm through. No, it isn't. It will never be finished while you love me. Oh, I'll get over that. Women do. They have to. What are you doing this evening? Georgia, um, I don't know if you could hear it. So you you disagree with the mother, right? I totally disagree with the mother. She's telling us that we're supposed to pretend nothing is happening. It's all going to blow over. And if the infidelity is just inevitable with all men. But the one thing that I noticed in, in this movie, Moya, that stands out to me is no one seems to blame the men. Mm -hmm. And so and, and her friends just all seem to just relish the whole situation. And, you know, she I look at uh, Norma Shearer's character, Mary Haynes, and I say, you know, she's such a good wife. She's a loving mother. And, you know, I, I, I know how she's bewildered by this, you know, I mean, and boy, it hits me on a personal note because I've been through this situation before and I know the pain of it and you can't really turn, you know, your love off and on like a faucet, mm -hmm. you know, eventually, I mean, those feelings are replaced by something else, you know, and, but the thing is, is I don't think a woman should just settle it because I, to me, that's the message that the mother is giving. And I know the mother is portrayed as being the wise person. And, mm -hmm. you know, maybe, you know, she's just acting out of that. Uh, Norma Shearer's character is just acting out of the emotion she's feeling at the time, the hurt and the betrayal mm -hmm. she's feeling. But to be perfectly honest, I just don't think that once that trust is breached, I think there there's just so much reparable damage. I'm not saying that's the right thing for every woman because some women feel that they can forgive and move on. And for those mm -hmm. women, you have my respect. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I, that may be the right thing for you. And I say more power to you. But that's not really because if they will cheat once, they'll I think they'll cheat again. Okay. That's, I, I, that's so, fair. That's fair. Let's that's that's my, my take on it. So let's listen to the last part of the motherly advice. But what can there be between us now? The thing that, that made us belong to each other is gone. There's something more for you to think of now besides each other. There's your daughter. When Mary's old enough to realize, she'll know I'm right. Well, have it your own way, darling, but don't forget it's being together at the end that really matters. Oh, and one more piece of motherly advice. Don't confide in your girlfriend. Yes. I think they all know. Do they think you know? Then leave it that way. If you let them advise you, they'll see to it in the name of friendship that you lose your husband and your home. Amen. I'm an old woman, my dear. I know my sex. Goodbye.
<laughs> Amen. So now I'm all in on that friend, that friendship crap. And we saw that with uh Sylvia, Roz Russell's uh character. She was a snake. And watched the movie to find out. Um it's so true that these quote unquote friends, especially with the social media, put people putting all their business on social media and Kevin Samuels, again, I'm going to invoke him. Single women keep women single. And if you're a married woman, that's and that's a whole nother debate, should you still have single friends? And I, I you know, I'm not going to make a blanket, blanket statement, but it, it's contextual. It, it really depends on, on the friends. But so having, so let's go back to what the mom said, the second piece about bringing the child in. What do you think about when there's a child involved, Georgia? Well, I think that a child deserves, first of all, a happy, stable home. Mm -hmm. And if there is something to build on and they think that they could continue with that, then I say, go ahead and try and heal the relationship more power to you. However, I don't think that children should grow up in a contentious home where they hear parents fighting all the time. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's a, a good environment. I think the child would be happier with two parents living apart, but at least, you know, they seem to be, you know, able to provide a better upbringing for the child. Mm -hmm. So I think it really depends on the situation, but I don't think you're doing the child staying together just for the sake of a child. I think that there's, you have to look at the whole picture. Yeah. Yeah. And coming from a broken home, I totally agree with you on that. I don't get that vibe from the Haineses. I don't think yeah, right. Mary would have been, her and Steven would have been at each other like that. Um, because I, I don't think that they, they were they were too sophisticated for that. Um, now they might have they were rich enough to go rent a hotel room and knock each other's brains out, if you will, and curse each other out, you know. But I don't think they would have done it in front of a child. But then sometimes you don't have to have uh, overt manifest manifestations of a crumbling relationship, you know. Ki kids and I, I came from a broken home. You get vibrations. I mean, you can feel the the tension between these people or, or or the lack of love between these people um yeah that's that's a tough one georgia like i said i think the mom was coming from a strategic standpoint because i i see what you're saying that's very valid um and i don't think steven was a cheater so this is this is what i think i because i have a, a a person right now who's on the road to divorce uh that i know and I have some friends who gone through divorce and um, I did not listen to any, uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll leave that out. But anyway, divorces are as unique as fingerprints. I don't like to be in, interjected into people's business, but you know, like I said, some of these people are very close friends of mine. We've been friends since grade school and high school, high school. So, you know, you're a part of it. And I'm just going to say, and yes, this may be anecdotal. Because I told several people who were on a road to divorce, and because I knew them very well, the women. I knew the women more than I knew the men. And one of them was a ball buster. And I told her she was a ball, a ball buster. And how she would humiliate her husband in public. And I told her that. Now, we ain't friends today. Not because of that. <laughs> <laughs> something else. And I told her, I said, when you get back with so-and-so, 
Oh, I'm not going back. But I'm like, listen, listen. I say, when you get back with so-and-so, you cannot continue that behavior. Because he, he, he cheated on her. And he, he cheated on her. And I told her, does it excuse the behavior? No. Because he should have been handled it like an adult. Talk to her and say, look, if you keep doing this, you're driving me away. You know, men, but how many men do that? You know, in this society, yeah. does not allow men to have feeling, women say they want men to be open and sensitive, and no, you're not. Then you, then you're a beta, and you're simple. You get crapped on, so that's that's a little. But a man should feel comfortable enough. You would think, and with the woman he married, or he has a close relationship, say, look, you you keep tripping, I'm leaving. However, he wants to make that sound. So that was one case, and another case. So I don't mm -hmm. know why these women. So back to the story, I I just think me. And we're about to wrap it up. Mary should have been more strategic, especially when this broad told her, I really don't want him. I'm just here for the for the for the coins and the come up. He loves you. You got him. Me, I would well, I think Mary would I would have confronted say Steve and told him, look, you got this little broad over here. And that's another thing. Don't be bringing no diseases and no extra babies up in here because we ain't doing that. Get rid of her or you're about to lose lose everything. And I would have said, then I would have put it on me. What have I done? Have I have I driven you away? Is it enough? Is it not enough respect? Is it not enough sex? And unfortunately, Georgia, I don't think women have been uh taught to have those hard to be introspective and self-aware. Girl, that all and accountable. That almost don't exist. And I think what you said, and, and something I did listen to. Uh, because I just try not to listen to too much before I look at these movies, is that this movie was celebrating divorce. So what's her name? They went off to Reno, Mary, to get the divorce. And this is before no fault divorce. They had to go to Reno and live there and blah, blah, blah. And she met some other cast of characters. But there was like having, like women have today. Oh, I'm getting divorce party. That's bizarre. <laughs> That's bizarre to me. Georgia, I can't think of anything else because if we go too much far, too much further into the movie, we're gonna give away too much. I'm gonna let you have the last word, my dear. Well, I have to be this movie is a favorite of um actress Anna Kendrick from um Pitch Perfect and also uh Freddie Mercury from Queen. Love they Freddie this Mercury. was one of their all-time favorite movies. I mm -hmm. just thought I would throw that in as an interesting bit of trivia. But if you want to watch a movie that is just sheer fun, yes, there's sarcasm, literally biting wit, and you want to just see something that's just wicked, and you want to see a, a real cat fight. <laughs> I mean, this is before, like, you know, uh, Dynasty. I mean, yes. this is sheer fun. But there is also, this is the first movie that was ever able to treat the subject of divorce so honestly yeah so um i i give this movie really high marks because in so many ways it is groundbreaking yes. and just the feat of being able to do a movie like this with a hundred percent i mean all women cast this is historic for me and i loved it yes i i totally agree guys I would say try to you will find who you are in this movie. You're either gonna be a Mary, a Crystal. And this is the first time I heard somebody named Crystal in a movie. And then yes. going forward, you know your crystals, 
Sometimes they like Crystal, you mentioned on Dynasty because she was like uh, an, an angel pretty much. Then you got the crystals that are pole bound. And I don't mean the North Pole, if you get to my grill. But <laughs> so anyway, 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 ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the women, the women, 1939s, the women, Norma Shearer, Joan Crawford, Rosalind Russell, check it out. Let us know what you think. Don't forget, catch us, uh, catch us on um, uh, our Facebook page, How Betty Davis Saved My Life. Like, follow, and subscribe to our YouTube channel of the same name. Let us know what you think about these movies and about our podcast. Well, I'm Moya, and I am going to turn it over to you. What's your name, my lovely lady? <laughs> Georgia. And that's it for How Betty Davis Saved My Life. Oh, yeah. we. Uh, uh, what's our next movie, Georgia? Harold and Maude. That's right. Harold and Ma Maude. And that's a total break from, <laughs> from what we're doing here. Totally, totally, totally different. But um, we, we guys take care. We cannot wait to be with you again. How Betty Davis Saved My Life. Life Lessons from Classic Hollywood. And let's see if Shaka and the, and Rufus and Shaka will take us out because they, they were on band break out in the back smoking, trying to get them back on stage. Okay, are you guys ready? Okay, well, let's go.